0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Canvas Church. We're so glad you're here. Uh, We're going to jump right into the Bible today. And so we're going to go ahead and dismiss all the young people. Young people, you can go to your class. Go ahead and head out the doors. Go to your class. You guys can kill that music. Thank you. We're going to jump right into the Bible. We're going to go to a New Testament passage you guys can go ahead and kill the music in the back, that'd be great, thanks. We're going to go to Acts chapter 20, and uh, we're going to read some scripture today. How many of you guys came to church hoping to meet with Jesus today? Did anybody come to church hoping to meet with Jesus today? About a third of you, all right, all right. How many came looking for the bar? Anybody come looking for the bar? Woo, there's the other two right there. My kind of church, come on, somebody. Jesus did turn water into wine. It's a a book in the New Testament, and the reason it's called the the book of Acts is because it shows all the acts of the apostles and how God was working through them mightily um, on the earth. And we're going to go to an incredible passage, Acts chapter 20. And uh, uh, I believe that today um, that God has a word for you. And really specifically for our church, as we go into this time of of the fall, when typically churches are growing and seeing more people coming back from vacations, people are thinking about getting back into the rhythms of life with kids going to school and and different things. Well, that's also the time that people begin to think about church and where do they go to church and what church are they going to attend. And so uh, I want to get us prepared as a community. Is that all right? I want to get us ready for what i believe god is going to do here at canvas church and so this word is specifically uh towards that we just finished last week uh this series that we went through all summer long experiencing god um, which was an amazing amazing series and uh, the incredible thing that came out of that series is so many people have been talking to me about how they've been experiencing god in a new way in their life and so today um, i want to go to acts chapter 20 and we're going to start in verse 7 and we're going to talk specifically Uh, really as a family today and what we need to do to get ready uh, for next weekend and the weekends that are to come as we go into this credible season. For those of you who don't know, um, we as a church just did a massive mailer to our communities both here around this campus as well as the North County campus, 65,000 homes. Uh, We also two weeks ago relaunched our beautifully wrecked book back into the community and so that's going to be going to homes and if you want to be a part of that you can stop by the info center and find out more. Um, But Acts chapter 20 verse 7 uh, you're going to hear about a guy named Paul, one of the greatest apostles of all time. He is now doing missionary work in this passage in Macedonia. And it reads, verse 7, on the first day of the week, we, as, uh, we assembled to break bread. Paul spoke to them, and since he was about to depart the next day, he extended his message until midnight. How many of you guys caught that right there? You thought I was long-winded. Check out Paul. He extended it till midnight. That's a long time. There are many uh, many lamps in the room upstairs where uh, we were assembled, and a young man named Eutychus was sitting on a window uh, sill and sank into a deep sleep. Now, now, that never happens here at Canvas Church, all right? All right. No one falls asleep. You know, here's the thing. Anytime you hear me yell over the mic, people think it's a moment of passion. It's actually a moment of me noticing somebody's falling asleep, and so... Now, I gave away my secret. If you hear me yell, it's probably the person behind you falling asleep. There are many lamps up there, and there was a young boy sitting in a windowsill, and the Bible says he fell asleep as Paul kept on speaking. When he was overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was picked up dead. Now, highlight that, because that ought to be a principle for you right now. If you fall asleep at (laughs) canvas, watch out, all right? So he fell down, three stories, man, and and he died. He was picked up dead. Verse 10, but Paul went down, fell on him, embraced him, and said, do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. After going upstairs, breaking the bread and eating, Paul conversed a considerable time until dawn. Wow. Then he left, and they brought the boy home alive and were greatly comforted. Amen, amen. Don't fall asleep in church. God, we ask right now, Lord, that you would help us over the next few minutes that we have together, uh, Lord, just to dive into the word, to understand uh, what you wanna communicate to this incredible community today as we head into what we believe is a time where many people are gonna be coming to church and surrendering their lives to you. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would walk away impacted by this message, knowing our part and believing for that great harvest in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you've been coming to Canvas Church for, for some time, uh, you know that I have two daughters. This is my incredible wife right here, Katie, uh, one of the pastors here at Canvas Church. And I have two daughters. And a lot of times, you're going to hear me uh, use my family as analogies for thing uh, things because it's just what's right in front of me, right? It's what's happening. A matter of fact, I've already started thinking about the day when my kids are away at college and they're no longer in the house. I'm going to run out of stories. And so what we're going to do at that point, but I truly do. I love being a parent. It's one, I think, the greatest highlights of my life is being able to raise these children. And oftentimes look at them as they exhibit behavior and say, you are just like your mom. <laughs> that You know, see them exhibiting this behavior and realize, man, that's because of the, they've observed it in me. And sometimes that can be really good and sometimes that can be really bad. All the parents know what I'm talking about, right? You see them exhibiting some behavior and it's like, wow, okay, where did they get that, you know? and so you gotta go correct that and then you go, go go look in the mirror and realize they got that from me. And so It's one of the most rewarding seasons, but it's also one of the most challenging seasons and I don't know how single parents do it are there any single parents out there right now you are raising kids on your own can we give these single parents come on honestly I I don't know how you do it like I don't know how you do it because when my wife goes on like a trip and it's only happened a couple times the longest one was like last October she went away for a week and I was fine for about the first five hours come on somebody but it was downhill after that. I don't know how single parents do it, and, and here's the good thing about those seasons when I'm doing the single parent thing is I find myself literally praying extra for those that do this. I just don't know how you do it. It's amazing, because one of the things I really love, I absolutely love about parenting together is doing the good cop, bad cop thing, right? You ever seen those shows before where the, you know, the bad cop comes in, acts really bad, and, and all of a sudden the nice one comes in? and be, is able to get information out of them. I, that's the, one of the greatest privileges about co-parenting is that you can you can work that. Now, I've been accused of being the good cop and I've gotten in trouble for that before. She's disciplining the kids as I walk through the door because she's been home with them and then I'll be like, hey guys, you wanna play? And she'll just look at me like, we're gonna talk later. Um, but I love this and so uh, it's happened often in our house, not necessarily intentionally, um, but here is the time when I come across like the bad cop is, is when my kids are doing something, they know shouldn't be doing. Now, I know your kids probably never do that. My kids sometimes do things they shouldn't do, uh, whether it's simply running in the house, you know, playing with knives, whatever, on the highway, whatever, just doing things they shouldn't be doing, right? And then they'll, they'll do something that we've laid out. Hey, guys, you, you shouldn't be doing this, kids, and, and here's why, because you could harm yourself, you know, and, and then they end up doing something like that, and they come in, you know, bawling, and, um, and I was like, well, what happened? They're like, I, I, I stubbed my toe on the wall or on the door or whatever I'm like well were you running in the house and they're like yeah and I'll be like that's what you get for running in the house you know and they're just weeping they're like they want some compassion but I'm like no that's what you get kid you shouldn't have ran that's what I told you and literally I find myself at times in those moments and my wife is just looking at me shaking like this is not the time to be bad cop right and then she goes over and consoles and what she doesn't know is I'm just trying to help her out come on somebody right and I find myself in those moments being, being like, well, what were you doing? Of course you hurt yourself. What are you doing, you know, doing that, you know? And I try to explain to them in that moment where they're not hearing a thing, where they're just bawling and weeping and, and whatnot. And then they just go over to mom and they cuddle up on her lap and then they give me that look like, hey, I'm just like, whatever, you know? But I learned something in that moment, and and the Holy Spirit has used those moments. How many guys are in here today, and you would say that God has used a natural moment in your life to bring home a spiritual principle, all right? This is one of those very natural moments in our home that God has used in my life to bring home a spiritual principle that in the moment of anguish, in the moment of pain, the reality is they know that they're hurt. They already know that they shouldn't have been running in the house. They already know that they uh, disobeyed the the rules that we laid out. They don't need me in that moment to come to them and say, hey, this is what you get. You deserve it. You were wrong. What they need in that moment is they need mom and dad to bring them over on their lap and console them. And it was through these moments that God began to show me that Ben, oftentimes the church can be a lot like that. The church, in its best attempts to reach people, in its best attempts to console people, in its best attempts to to share the love of Jesus with people, brings in hurting people and says, well, what did you expect? What did you think you were going to get out of that? I mean, don't you know what the Bible says? And what they really need is they need somebody to wrap their arms around them and said, we know you're in pain right now. We know you're hurting right now, and we got this together. Are you with me? Because, see, I believe here at Canvas Church that as we go into the fall, I, I believe with all my heart that God has positioned us. I mean, did you guys hear the worship we had going on today? I mean, were there not angels singing on stage? And then Jeff. No, i just kidding. No, we, it was incredible. That was for earlier, buddy, about the shirt. All right, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. I mean, you should have been here at seven. Literally, you should have been here at seven when the setup and pack-up team were were crushing it, creating this beautiful stage. See, a lot of you, you walk in and you think, wow, the school has a really cool setup. No, they don't. Okay? This is our incredible setup and pack-up team. You know, when you you walk over there and you drop your children off at children's ministry, aren't you thankful for the children's ministry? Yeah. If you have children, you should be jumping up and down right now, Right? Because like, this is like some of you can't afford, you know, child care or babysitting. This is your moment, right? We caught one parent last week dropping kids off and then leave. We're like, hey, where are you going? They're like, I'm going on a date, you know? <laughs> like, no, you're not. Stop. Can't do that. Illegal. Right? We have such incredible people at our church, an incredible ministry team that is passionate about Canvas, that's passionate about Jesus, that's passionate about reaching the lost. And I believe with all my heart that God did not give us all of these incredible people that are working together, this beautiful campus centrally located in San Diego. He did not do all that so we could just come in here and get some AC and slap some high fives and have a good time together. He did that because there are people in the city of San Diego that need to know Jesus, that are hurting, that are in pain, and they need someone to wrap their arms around them, love them, into the grace of Jesus. Amen? And see, I love Acts chapter 20 because although this is a very natural story, this this is one of those passages that is literally what we call a narrative. It is describing what took place at that time. We just simply read it as a narrative not allow God to speak to us through the narrative, we miss really crucial principles. And I'm convinced that if God could use my children that are hurting and in pain to speak to me, then God could use a narrative out of his holy scriptures to speak to me. Amen? And so I love what what, what happens here. I love this. I love first and foremost that Paul is absolutely giving himself to the work of Jesus. So much so that when, when a lot of us want to close the service down, Paul realizes there is nothing more important than the Bible. He realizes that there is nothing more important than Scripture. He realizes there is nothing more important than communicating the gospel, the good news of Jesus to humanity. And he realizes, hey, I'm, I'm out here, like I'm leaving, and I don't know when I'm going to be back with you, and so I'm going to give you the best of me, and the best of me has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Jesus. I'm going to give you the best of me, and here's the best of me. I'm going to teach till midnight. So get your blankie out. Come on, somebody. We'll have a waitress come by later. This is like Sinopolis, all right, and they'll take your order. I love it. I love that Paul is absolutely giving himself. But we see something that takes place that Paul literally interrupts his teaching. He interrupts what he believes is the most important thing he stops, and he leaves, and he goes, and he ministers. The Bible says that Paul went down and he embraces this young man named Eutychus. Now, Eutychus, for the sake of this message, this is what I want us to think through as we're going into this incredible season. Of, well, I believe we're going to see lots of people come to know Jesus. Eutychus, to me in this story, and this is what the Holy Spirit showed me through this narrative, Eutychus could represent these people, could represent uh, those that have never said yes to Jesus, how many of you guys know some of those people i have never said yes to Jesus? Like four of you. Some, you need to get out more. <laughs> Do something, you know. Eutychus represents those that have never said yes to Jesus. Eutychus could also represent those who have walked away from Jesus. Right? I mean, really, because I mean, there's Eutychus listening and he fell asleep and whew, he could represent those that, man, I, I have a relationship with Jesus and, and I know that Jesus is still there for me, but I'm not walking in the plan and the purpose he has for my life at all. Eutychus could also represent, now listen to me, those who are coming from different church backgrounds. Some of you have come from a different church background. And if you've come from a different church background, I recognize this, finding a church, like if you moved in from another city and you've been at that church for years, you are looking for a church just like that. And I want, to, I want you to know something, you will never find a church just like that. Your church, that was your home. Those were your people, and it, it, it was just—it was awesome. And you did life with them, and you grew with them. All of a sudden, now you're uprooted because of job or because of school, or whatever. And you come and you look through the lens of, now nah, I want to find a church just like that. And, and, and the sad thing is, is you'll go from church to church to church to church, looking through the lens, you're yeah, to find a church like that. But how can we, as a community, then say, hey, these people are coming. Those that are far from Jesus. Those that have never said yes to Jesus. Those that have walked away from Jesus and with an understanding that you know there's going to be others that are going to be walking in here looking to the filter of their own church. How can we embrace these people like Paul embraced Eutychus? Let me just give this to you real quick. How do we embrace? As we go into the season, all right, we're talking, to so family, I if you're busy for the first time, you can jump in on this too. But how can we walk into this season embracing what I'm going to call the loss for those in transition? How do we, how do we embrace them? It was clear someone went down first before Paul. Uh, we know that because the Bible says he was dead. How did they know he was dead? Well, they knew he was dead because someone else went down there and announced, hey, he's dead. But I love what Paul does. So here's our first our first point. How do I embrace the loss? We're going to this incredible season. How do I deal with it? Number one, be relational. Be relational. Okay. Put religion aside. Put your Christian tag aside. Put your theology aside. Put all that aside for a moment. And and as we go into this season and people begin to walk through those doors, we need to be relational. Be relational. Now, not just on Sunday morning, but we should be this way all the time. We should be relational, not religious, right? Be relational be relational. Look at these verses here. 2 Corinthians 3.6, I think it's going to come up on the screen. It says, He has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant. Who, who's the us? It's us. It's all those that have said yes to Jesus. So He's made us. What did He make us to be? Ministers. But, but, but not just min- ministers, competent ministers of the new covenant. Not of, now listen to it, not of the letter of but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit produces life. The letter kills, but the Spirit produces life. Look what happens. Look what Paul does. He stops teaching, and he leaves the platform, and he goes down to where the young man is, and he embraces him. I'm convinced with all my heart that the greatest way we will bring more people into the kingdom of God is not through religiosity. is not just as we look at them like I do with my kids sometimes. See you wrong. Listen, there's a lot going on in our culture right now and in our nation right now. As we head in to an election season, there's going to be a lot coming out on the news. And you're going to be, be left to make some choices because as Christ followers living in this nation, we should all be voters. And as we cast our vote, what are we going to cast our vote based off of? We're going to be thinking through these filters. There's so much going on in our, in our, in our nation. Think, think of things, uh, the, the, the abortion stuff that's going on right now and all of that. Same-sex marriage. The racial tension. All this stuff that's going on. Okay? Then those are three big ones right there that you're going to hear on the news every night. Listen to me. Us going and preaching at someone that's on the other side of the fence that has no framework of the gospel and just preaching at them and telling them, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. The Bible says The Bible says, now don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that the greatest worldview of all time is the Bible. I believe it is the worldview. I believe it's the worldview to live by. I believe we should live according to Scripture. But as we live according to Scripture, we need to open up our mind and realize there is a whole world out there that doesn't. And we cannot simply stand on our side of the fence and say, hey, we're right, you're wrong. It doesn't work that way. If we learn anything through the Bible, it is that the greatest thing that trumps everything according to 1 Corinthians 13 is love. That doesn't mean we water down scripture, water down our stance. What it means is we don't stand on this side pointing at them saying, You are wrong. Satan sex marriage is wrong. And abortion is wrong. What we should do that is just wrong. Okay? What we need to do is we need to run over and we need to embrace them. But Pastor, how do I embrace them without, 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 without you know, uh, saying that, you know, my stance in the scripture? It, it's real simple. The greatest stance in the scripture, what does what, what, the Bible say in 316? For God so loved, wow. Well, there it is. <laughs> is that an amen I heard? Because <laughs> that was a yelling, I would yell. <laughs> the greatest stance is love. For God so loved the world that he came and he preached the hell out of people. (laughs) No. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son Jesus to die We need to embrace them. They are hurting, much like my child. My child did not need me preaching at them saying, "Shut they running in the house? What they needed was me to embrace them. And then after I've embraced them and the pain is gone and, and they're back on their two feet, then we can go back and say, hey, baby, how can we avoid this in the future? Be relational. Be relational. Love it trumps. Are you with me today? Amen. Number two, what are we going to do? How are we going to reach the lost? We're going to bring hope. Bring hope. Everyone else went down there. You know what they did? They announced, he's dead. Don't you love the announcers of obvious? (laughs) Have you ever had those friends before in your life where you're doing life with them and like you, you cut yourself and you're bleeding and all they can do is be like, oh man, that is bad. You cut yourself. I just want to squirt them with the blood, right? Like, <laughs> duh. I mean, people pull up on a seat of an accident. Oh, it's an accident. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, it's bad. You know what? People walking through the doors don't mean is this to announce their pain. Yeah. Kid fell, three stories, ground. They announce he's dead. What does Paul do? Paul runs down, leaves the preaching for a moment, runs down, and embraces him. And he says, he's not dead. And I don't know if he said that like, he's not dead, God help. <laughs> right? But we don't need, listen, these people that are Someone to embrace them and bring them hope. Bring them hope. Speak hope into their circumstance. Life into their circumstance. The Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And speak life into their circumstance. And I've had people tell me this before as I'm consoling people and, and, and I'm, I'm building hope in them. Maybe you've had this person too and they come alongside and they're like, hey, well, don't get their hopes up. What? Labor Day weekend. We ain't going to fit here next weekend. People, you're ready. we got to go to do services. I mean, there are going to be people streaming through the doors. Your co-workers are going to come. Your, your your friends are going to come. Your family members are going to get saved. They're going to come to know Jesus Christ. We're going to have to do like three services. I believe that. Do you? Hope. Hope. Some of you, you're looking at a desperate situation right now. And you're like, I don't know it's going to work out. I want you to know something. With God, all things are possible. It's going to work out. You don't know how bad my situation is, Pastor. You know what? I just talked to somebody a month ago that was sitting in the exact same position as you, and it worked out. See, I might not know what you're going through right now, but I do know what the person sitting next to you went through. Because I was right there with them, walking with them instilling hope, instilling faith, bringing them to the word of God, praying for them, holding their hand, and with them up till midnight at my house, believing, contending, and I'm not the only one. We have some amazing small group leaders here at our church. I'm telling you right now, if you are in a season where you are feeling hopeless, you know what you need to do? You need to plug into a small group. I'm telling you right now, if you are in a season I don't want any friends, I don't know what I feel like I'm going through a rough patch. You know what a small group does? A small group surrounds you like Paul surrounded Eutychus oh, with their arms and you're gonna make it. Yeah. You, you can do this. Oh. Now we, we're gonna be with you. And the great thing about that is now they're staying up with you at midnight and I'm in bed. Damn, come on, somebody. <laughs> you need to plug it, go on. Man, you gotta get a part of it. I'm seeing it, I'm serious right now. If you continually find yourself in a moment like, I don't feel like anyone's there for me, and I feel like I'm in a hopeless moment, you have to become a part of a small group. If you're like, I never feel like that, I'm the jolliest person ever, guess what? You need to lead a small group. <laughs> Either way, you need to get a small group. we got to bring hope. Romans 5, 5 tells us that hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God is being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We need to bring hope. Lastly, we end here today. Lastly, we need to be intentional. We need to be intentional. I love what Paul does. Paul is so intentional that he brings the thing full circle. Because here's the reality. After we've embraced them, after we've left our religiosity and after we've left preaching at them, After we said, you know what, what I need to do is get down out of my pulpit, go over and embrace them and love on them. After we've done that, and after we've instilled hope in them, you can make it, you're going to do it. It's not that bad. If God is for you, who can be against you? Man, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead and he dwells in you. After we've done that, we need to bring it full circle like Paul did. And we need to go back to teaching the word of God. And we need to be intentional. Because after we've loved them, after we've instilled hope, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't stop with love and hope. Love and hope are a tool to bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's the one that has all the answers. He's the one that can heal their needs. Are you with me today? And Paul, he's not dead! There's life in him! Boy, starts breathing. Whew, done my job. because because he back up. Midnight wasn't long enough. He preaches till the morning. He's intentional about what he's doing. He's intentional about what he's doing. You know what I love about our church and our small groups and our ministry teams? We're intentional about what we do. And we want to love you with arms wide open. We're going to speak to people and instill hope. But you know what we're going to direct you? We're always going to direct you back to God's word. Why? Because we're intentional about what we do. And God's word never returns void. Paul goes back to the source. And here at Campus Church, as they walk through the doors, we're ready. Because we love people. We're ready to embrace them. Ready to speak hope into their circumstance, their situation. And we're going to lead them right to the source. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.